Welcome to Cinema Chop Shop. Watch. Chop. Retrofit. No, I actually did find out that I can replace the ear cushions on my Beats, my Beats by Dre slash Apple headphones. You guys saw how they were deteriorating? Yes. And yeah. leaving like pleather debris on my ears. So I, I know it's gross, right? I wake up in the morning after listening, falling asleep to a podcast and there'd be like black crusties on my ears from the headphones. But I found out today that you can buy replacements and you can, there's a video about how to install them and everything. It basically just requires a butter knife. Uh, I had a flat tire today, but this is not a triple A podcast. <laughs> Welcome to season 10, episode 22 of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen. So why shouldn't movie buffs like us decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is under Travis Siege. Mm hmm. Trav past dead. Trav solution. Oh, okay. Well, I'm joined here in the shop by my co-host and co-producer, Into the Sean, aka Absolution, aka Beyond the Law. And in our third seat, the Chop Shop regulator, Under Chell Siege, <laughs> aka Contract to Chell, aka Born to Raise Chell. That seems appropriate. Completely accurate. It tracks. It does. Uh, further description of the show. The tagline says, watch Chop Retrofit, because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies. Sometimes they are total classics, as we will see today. And we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts. Quick disclaimer, though, we're not actually in favor of the remake, reboot, sequel-dependent cinematic culture. Sometimes the fear of death is more terrifying than death itself. Uh, this is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. I got nothing. I'm, sometimes we succeed. And sometimes we <laughs> succeed. All right, that's going to bring us into our first segment for this evening, which is going to be movie news. And this is where throughout the week or throughout the time between recordings, we try to pay attention to stories that relate to the world of cinema, the world of remakes, reboots, all that stuff, and really just stories that we think you, the listeners, the chop shoppers out there, might find interesting. And we do have to start it off with a few RIPs. There's four this week, guys. Mm. Uh, so rest in peace and rest in power to Estelle Harris, whose acting credits include Seinfeld and Toy Story. She's George's mom on Seinfeld and Mrs. Potato Head in Toy Story. Uh, she passed away at the age of 93. Any thoughts? A good run. A good yeah. run. Uh, rest in peace and rest in power to her. Next, Lithuanian director Montas... Oh. Kavardishis. Uh, reportedly killed in Maripol while filming a Ukrainian war documentary. Lithuanian film director and academic, yeah, Mantis Karavuksius, uh, that's completely right, who captured the escalating conflict with Ukraine in several powerful works, has been reported dead in Maripol, the Ukrainian city that was the subject of his documentary Mariupolis, which is just the worst irony that he died in a city that he had made a documentary and named it after. Rest in peace and rest in power to him. Free Ukraine. Fuck Putin. Uh, RIP to Bobby Rydell. Bobby Rydell, he was in The Wild One. Uh, he was a teen idol. He was also in Bye Bye Birdie. And he was actually more known as a musician who kind of, uh, you know, leaked over into movies right yeah he was 79 years old and that comes to us from deadline next we've got naima persoff prolific actor from yentl the twilight zone gunsmoke and some others an american tale an american tale is it t-a-l-e or t-a-i-l the animated one with the mouse yeah with the mouse. um yeah, he was in something like it hot I also like An American Tale 2, Fievel Goes West. So got good. The Sheriff Dog with the lazy eye. 
Uh, so R.I.P. to Bobby Rydell. Nope. Oh, sorry, Naima Persoff. It's and Nehemiah, then, okay. um, Rest in peace and rest in power to all of those yep. figures. Yeah, person was 102. 102, and that is what we call a marathon. <laughs> a marathon. Okay, next. Kevin Smith's Kilroy was here. It's a um, years in the making project from Kevin Smith will be exclusively available to 5,555 NFT holders. You, you, you texted this to me earlier in the week and I said, you misspelled fanboys. Yeah. So it's finally getting released, but only a select few will get a chance to see it. The comedy horror anthology Kilroy was here will be available exclusively via NFT. No. Thank you. Thank you. I Best use of that, that button. That's actually what the N stands for in NFT. <laughs> Do you guys remember that documentary, The Last Blockbuster? Yeah. Yes. Which uh, is or was located in the great state of Oregon. That director, Taylor Morden, is making a documentary about Build-A-Bear. Chelsea, have you ever built a bear? Oh, yes. And is it fun? No. Do you feel like it warrants a documentary? No. Are there still Build-A-Bear shops? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, it's kind of a change of gear for him to go from the last blockbuster to something that is still an active business. Having chronicled the decline of one influential business, Taylor Morden will instead tell the story of the incredible rise of another in his next feature-length documentary. His new film will examine Build-A-Bear Workshop, charting its growth from startup fad to decades-old experiential retailer, the Build-A-Bear Experience. And we've got one more, Sean. You told me about this. It was after all of this went to press. But what's happened? The Academy has come out and banned Will Smith for 10 years from attending the Oscars. Why? Well, clearly it's because he made Wild Wild West and Gemini Man. Wild Wild West. (laughs) All right. So I do have a couple of questions here. He can't attend. Is he actually removed from the Academy? Was he a member of the Academy? Can he still be nominated? See, for that's, that's my understanding as limited as it is, is he's still eligible to win. That's kind of fucked up. He just can't go to the yeah, party. he can't go. That's, uh, that's kind of weak sauce. We can't let him out opinion. in public. That's going to wrap us up on movie news for this week. And do you guys hear a phone ringing? That must mean it's time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. Wanna say that, Chop Shoppers? I'm gonna make you a DOCD you can't refuse. The It sequel is called It Chapter 2. In The Wild One, Brando falls for the police chief's daughter. The Wild One was released in 1953, which was two years before Rebel Without a Cause. The Pukeko is a bird. It's also known as the Australasian Swamp Hen. I did find an actor on IMDb named Brandon Marlowe. He's got two film credits. Leave the recasts. Take the cannoli. See you next time. All right. Thank you, Dana, for that. And thank you for all of your hard work. And Silly Pukeko is not to be confused with Chelsea's favorite website, Silly Bukaki. But wait, what is that? What is Bukaki? Oh, well, <laughs> this is a genre or a fetish of pornography in which one person... Usually a girl sits in the middle and a whole bunch of dudes, they they skeet Ulrich on her. Okay. <gasps> oh my God, I yelled this shot at a bar and everyone was horrified and now I understand why. Now okay. you understand. Wow. Yes. Oh, wow. And that will close the doors on the Department of Corrections Department for this week. Bring us to the theme of the episode. Stephen Frederick Seagal is allegedly an American actor, screenwriter, and martial artist. 
Seagal was reportedly born in Lansing, Michigan. He claims to be a 7th Dan black belt in Aikido. He professes to have began his adult life as a martial arts instructor in Japan, purportedly becoming the first foreigner to operate an Aikido dojo in the country of Japan. All of these claims sound ridiculous, right, Sean? The nobody's bored in Lansing, Michigan. I know, right? No, the uh, but the timelines are impossible. Yes, and uh, the man's full of full of shit. And we do need to give a shout out to one of our peers' podcasts, right? Absolutely, uh, talking about the dollop. Yeah. You know, they cross-reference with us, we cross-reference with them, and uh, we had to check our notes, and they are in the middle of a three-parter Steven Seagal series. Originally slated as a two-parter, but the the shit is that thick. So, we're doing this today because his birthday is when this goes kerplunk on Sunday. I wonder if Dave timed their episode, or if he just had enough and needed to get it out i don't know but uh but yeah check that podcast out because the the deep dive as well yeah there's a lot of information uh he definitely has some skeletons in the closet there's some controversy surrounding him allegedly sexual predator Uh uh-huh on the harvey weinstein level scale yeah I mean, uh, he wanted to be the best. Yeah. Um, allegedly tied to the mafia. Who's this Weinstein guy? I've never heard God. of him. Um, just, but we're, we're, we're going to talk today about his acting prowess or mm-hmm. lack thereof. Lack thereof. Uh, but if you really want to get into a, like, like you said, deep dive uh, biographical debunking, check out the Dollop's recent series on Steven Seagal or Siegel. That's how he was born, allegedly. Yes. I heard he was hatched. Allegedly (laughs) born. (laughs) All right. So with that, we're going to head into the Midnight Double Feature. And this is where we attempt to pair two films from the catalog of our subject to hand uh, that might be a good pairing for a public exhibition of stupidity. Do you want to go first? Because mine are later in his career. I'll oh, go you, first didn't, because... you didn't want me to go first? Oh, go ahead, Chelsea. I thought you said you had nothing and nothing. I do, but I'd okay. like to explain why. Yes, go please. Ahead. All right, I mean, sorry. Uh, Chelsea, would you like to go first with your double feature? Yeah, I would. Um, I don't have one. Life is fucking hard enough. Mm-hmm. I am not going to waste my time watching mm-hmm. these films. He's an idiot. Well, I just have to tell you that I also didn't watch any of his movies for this episode i've seen all of them in order as part of my training (laughs) oh my god i barfed in my mouth over to you sean what do you got for your double feature oh i'm sorry you said you want to go second i'm gonna go first because i've got a couple of earlier ones and i should preface this by actually confirming i did not rewatch any steven seagal movies for this episode i apologize to the listeners but I have seen the vast majority of them. My dad's a fan. That's very troubling. We watched, That's we watched so troubling. a lot of these when I was a kid. That's troubling um, too. Up into the 2000s. Uh, probably the last one I saw is one that we're going to talk about later. But my Midnight Double feature is going to be two from the year 1990 when a young Travis was just 10 years old and very impressionable. Uh, the first one's called Hard to Kill, and it was directed by Bruce Malmuth, who also directed The Man Who Wasn't There and Nighthawks. And uh, this movie has a 36% on Rotten Tomatoes. When police chief detective, excuse me, when police detective Mason Storm, played by Steven Seagal, uncovers ties among corrupt cops, the mob, and charismatic politician Vernon Trent, played by Bill Sater, a hit is ordered on his family. During the attack, Storm's wife is killed and the cop himself is severely injured. After walking up from a year's after waking up from a year's long coma, you can't walk up from a coma. After waking up from a year's long coma, Storm, aided by gorgeous nurse Andy Stewart, played by his future wife Kelly LeBrock, slowly gets back on his feet and plots revenge against those who wronged him, particularly the duplicitous Senator Trent. I've seen this movie and I believe I saw it in college. 
Yeah. Yeah. I've uh, never seen it. It's real bad. Real bad. Um, but you can definitely sense the alimony tension that would later happen between oh him God. and Kelly LeBrock. Uh, then I'm going to pair that with Marked for Death, also from 1990. This one's directed by Dwight H. Little. He also directed Rapid Fire, Tekken, the film adaptation of the Tekken video game, and also Anacondas, a standalone sequel to the movie Anaconda. We've got a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes here. Mourning his partner who recently died in the line of duty, DEA agent John Hatcher, played by Steven Siegel, confesses to his old pal Max, played by Keith David, not to be confused with David Keith, a high school football coach, that he has decided to retire. Then Chicago drug lord Screwface, played by Basil Wallace, <laughs> puts out a hit on Hatcher's family. Now, thirsty for vengeance, this grizzled man of action fearlessly run <laughs> runs into the fray. And when the skittish Screwface flees to Jamaica, Hatcher and Max are in hot pursuit. Uh, it's basically the same plot. Both of these movies are the same. Okay. We've got a law enforcement officer whose family is wronged and he's out for revenge, going to whatever lengths he must go. Sounds riveting. Mm -hmm. What does it take to change the essence of a movie? Oh my God. Nobody fucking cares. <laughs> All of Did his you see my bandana? No. Jesus. I was wearing a bandana. Cool. <laughs> Sean, what's your double feature? All right, so I'm going to go with some of his later works along the vein of the geezer teasers, uh -huh. hot on the heels of what we were discussing with Bruce Willis's oh. uh, late career, sadly as it is. Uh, you know, I noticed something on IMDb. The advent of the streaming movie service has prevented these movies being listed as direct-to-video, as uh -huh. they used to be called. Because if you look at the at yes. the streak of like the 1990s yes. films of Steven Seagal, point, they all say video in parentheses, mm -hmm. meaning they were direct-to-video. Now they don't because they were streaming. They were streaming. But they still suck. It's a whole new world. Um, it's a whole new world. So The Perfect Weapon, 2016, directed by Titus Parr, who was also in the movie as a sniper, uh, stars Steven Seagal, Johnny Messner. You'll notice that name pop up in my next film. Sasha Jackson and Vernon Wells. Now, Vernon Wells was Bennett in Predator. He was Wes in Mad Max 2. Okay. And he was Lord General, the mutant in uh, Weird Science. So not only... Mad Max 2 is just called Mad Max, right? Yeah. Or is that Red yeah. Warrior? No, that's Ben. I confused yeah. them. So he, yeah, he was the guy with the big, the mohawky okay. thing. Yeah, got it. He couldn't even help this movie. Uh, in the near future, a totalitarian government organization runs all aspects of life and sends out elite assassins to eliminate any enemies. When their best operative fails to kill an opposition leader, he sets off an unforeseen chain of events. Who's their best operative? It's John Messner. Played by Johnny Mesner. I don't know what his okay. character is. Steven Seagal is the like the the overlord. Does the, he wear a kimono? Uh, I can't remember, but he he definitely has that velvety black goatee, the velvety mm -hmm. black hair, the uh, way too black for reality hair. Yes, color. exactly. So here's my quick review: just a bunch of gravelly voiced dudes being dudes in a dumbed down hitman slash Blade Runner slash 1984 mishmash geezer teaser. Let me ask you, have you ever played Ookie Cookie? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm following that up with Beyond the Law 2019, directed by James Cullen Bresek. It's uh, star Steven Seagal, DMX, mm -hmm. rest in peace, and Johnny Messner. Yes. A former mobster turned businessman and a police detective must contend with a dirty ex-cop looking to bring the killer of his son to justice. You know, DMX actually declared me a rap master. Of course. <laughs> allegedly. Uh, allegedly. The snake, the rat, the cat, the dog. How are you going to see him when you're living in a fog? Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> so my review. So laughably, unbelievably bad. Who wrote this? A 13-year-old. Not even DMX could make it watchable. It was pretty horrible. In both of these films, uh, Steven Seagal does really nothing. He sits in the dark in a chair. He's like, you know, the crime boss, the mm. overlord. There's no action to be had. Is he the godfather? He, he, no, but he, obviously he's too old 
to be doing the action films, but he can't get out of the action genre. So this Johnny uh, Messner guy mm-hmm. is now filling his shoes as being the action hero. Right on. But uh, I mentioned Johnny Messner specifically because he was also in several of the uh, uh, Bruce Willis geezer teasers oh. that are out now. Okay. So he's found his niche in Hollywood. That is cool. All right. Does that wrap us up on the Midnight Double feature for this week? Bringing us to our feature segment, which is the recast. And this is where we take a predetermined film and we talk about it a little bit. And then we hypothetically recast the main roles with contemporary actors. And the first one is arguably Steven Seagal's biggest hit. I think so. Yeah, I would say it's probably his best film. From 1992, directed by Andrew Davis, we're talking Under Siege. Under Siege. Uh, Andrew Davis also directed The Fugitive, Chain Reaction, and Collateral Damage. And we've got a 79% on Rotten Tomatoes. Quick description. It's a little high. little high for Under Siege? Yeah, I wouldn't yeah do you're it. right. I, we should, that, we should be in the 60s. That's practically 80s. Oh it should God. be more like... 67, 65. A heroic loner takes on a group of nuclear terrorists in this seagoing yarn. Posing as a rock band, the terrorists get themselves hired for a party aboard the USS Missouri, a battleship en route to Pearl Harbor for decommissioning. They plan to steal the ship's nuclear arsenal, but haven't reckoned on the intervention of the ship's chef, a decorated Former Navy SEAL. <laughs> um, I will say, and this is a true story, uh, the knife fight between TLJ and Steven Seagal in the kitchen and where there's just like this. I used to try and uh, imitate that with myself by myself in the kitchen at home alone with a knife and I stabbed myself in the thigh. <laughs> It went a good three quarter inches into the thigh. Yeah. So I guess I lost that fight. Thoughts on the film before we get into the recast? It was not as bad as I thought it would be. Okay. So you had not seen it prior to preparing for this episode? Nope. It was a new viewing. Okay. Chelsea? When did this film come out? 1992. Do you know the month? Um... No. It okay. Was on, I'm just curious. That's all. It was awful. on uh, February 31st. Okay, cool. No, I didn't fucking watch this movie. I was in the real fucking Navy. In the Navy. In the Navy. That's how their song goes, right? The roles that we're going to recast are Casey Ryback, played by Steven Seagal. William Stranix, played by Tommy Lee Jones. Jordan Tate, played by Erica Alaniac. And then Commander Krill, played by... Gary Busey, a completely unhinged. This is maybe height unhinged before he went to like reality TV, right? See, I I, I differ there. I think Tommy Lee Jones was unhinged in this. Okay, I, and I I sent you the yeah, the but you text, also thought he was the Riddler in which, Batman, Forever. which proves I've not seen that movie, but I've seen the clip of him as Two Face. Yes, and they always talk about how ridiculous his performance is in that film. His performance is equally ridiculous in this mm-hmm. one. I would argue that it's better in this than it was in that Batman movie. Uh, did you know that he and Aaron Eckhart made a movie together and they are the only two actors to play Two-Face on screen? All right. So in the role of Casey Ryback, former decorated Navy SEAL, who's now just a lowly chef. I just want to cook. Chelsea, do you have recasts? Okay. But I have questions. Yes. So... He's a cook because he hit a superior officer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he only had, there were only two things that he could be. According to the film, he could have been a... A yeoman? A a yeoman or a chef. And he chose chef. Yeah. Because he's good with knives. Okay, no. No. That's not how that works. No. A chef and a yeoman are not a fucking punishment. Those are not beneath us jobs. You are not sent there. To be punished. A yeoman is a really good job, actually. He probably a chef would have can been be... sent to the brig, but he was a decorated Navy SEAL. It doesn't so maybe, fucking matter. Maybe they cut him a <laughs> It does not fucking matter. No, you're done. Goodbye. All right. 
And so you're a recast of Casey Ryback. I didn't fucking watch this film. I am oh, not yeah, recasting. I, I have even enough respect for John Hamm to not put his ass in this film. <laughs> Funny. And that's saying something. It really is. Sean, you're Casey Ryback. All right. My actor was in Southland Tales. Uh-huh. He was in Happy Gilmore. Okay. He was in Drop Dead Gorgeous. He was also in uh, Best in Show. I went with a man who has played uh, Mr. Uh, Steven Seagal. I went with Will Sasso. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's true. He has done that. Oh, man. Will Sasso. I miss him. He's uh, he's 47 years old. Yeah, he's... I mean, I want to see him in more shit right now. He's probably just sitting on all that mad TV money. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Well, my uh, Casey Ryback is the king of straight to video as you mentioned earlier uh straight to video is now like what we call straight to streaming but he really did uh you know get his get his knocks in straight to video his name is scott adkins scott adkins was in hard target 2 the avengement and the debt collector (laughs) the avengement Yes. Scott Adkins. Look him up. He's famous for direct-to-video actions. Okay. Next up, we've got William Stranix, played by Tommy Lee Jones. And he's really the mastermind of the the whole terrorist takeover, the siege, if you will, uh, posing as a rock star. And did you think that he, he pulled it off? No. <laughs> you didn't? I thought he was terrible. Yes. And... Uh, who did you think would would be a better choice for that role? So, Sean? yeah, I wanted to go with somebody that was just, I don't know, just more interesting. My actor was in Sons of Anarchy, designated survivor. Mm-hmm. He's also in the new 1883 television show that I'm sure Sam plays Elliot. Sure it plays at your house. His name is LaMonica Garrett. His name is LaMonica? LaMonica Garrett. Yeah. All right, fair enough. And I dare you to say something about his name to his face. Nope. Nope. Will not. Thoughts on the character, Chelsea? No. Okay. My actor is slowly, slowly turning into Tommy Lee Jones. He was in No Country for Old Men. He was in W and he was in The Goonies. His name is Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Yeah, I can see that. Yes. Totally. Next up, we've got the role of Jordan Tate, and she is an innocent bystander. She's a, really, she's a Playboy playmate that was mm-hmm. brought in for in, in her life. She's a yeah, Playboy, and playmate. she was. Uh, she was brought in to pop out of the cake mm-hmm. for the naked, the admiral. The maybe this is why I like this movie so much. Yeah, you you do get when to see her. When it came out in 1992, 12 year old Travis yeah. saw Erica Laniac's boobies popping out of the cake. Some trivia about her. Yes, she was the pretty girl in ET when the frogs were in oh, the no classroom. Shit. She That's was the girl right. standing that is on the chair. Absolutely right. She had also on Baywatch. She was in the she was the original cast of Baywatch yeah. when it first started out. Uh, she was in Charles in Charge. She was on uh, all kinds of television shows growing up until she was a true playmate i did read something about this character yes that pamela anderson was Was up for the role but she refused allegedly um steven siegel's advancements on the cat stink couch ah that's probably true yeah allegedly so you want to know who i picked i do all right i went with a uh 23 year old actress she was in uh i think it was like one of those nickelodeon type shows alexa and katie um she was in do you mean alexa and and katie Katie. (laughs) she was in lab rats elite force and she was in hubie halloween her name is harris barrack okay barrack all right well mine's kind of obvious uh she was in tower heist the Three Stooges with Will Sasso and the other woman. Her name is Kate Upton. Oh, yeah. She's a little older for that role, but okay. What are you talking about? No. I threw out age. I threw age out the window. We got one more. It's Commander Krill, and this is played by Gary Busey. And explain to the audience why he gets into drag. 
because they were supposedly introducing Erica Liniac to the boys in uh-huh. the ship, and he comes out dressed yes. much like she was, and it's just a big laugh and a joke. And and correct me if I'm wrong, he's also complicit. Oh, he's part of the he's part of the bad guy crew. Yes. He was there. He was their mole, I guess you'd yes. call it. Yeah. The man on the inside. And who were you thinking about recasting in this role, Sean? Well, with a 49-year-old actor who's, you know, if I would assume he's probably an untrustworthy person, but I have nothing mm-hmm. to base that on. Um, he was in uh, The Town. He was in Argo, Gone Girl, and Goodwill Hunting. I went with Ben Affleck. <laughs> oh. Chelsea has something to say. Yeah. I'm trying to find a picture of this, but apparently Rayback's character was given... Um, a purple heart with a cluster, as referred to by Krill. Not in the fucking Navy, he wasn't. That doesn't happen. No, it's you get a service star, not the oak leaf. The other thing is, is Krill fucks up with how he addresses him mm-hmm. by rank. He's a chief petty officer, and somebody calls him petty officer, which is a huge no-no. A chief would fucking ring your ass up. Mm-hmm. And then Krill refers to him as Mr. Rayback, which you could be the biggest piece of shit on the earth and they still wouldn't do that. That's hugely... It's Chef Rayback. Hugely disrespectful. It just would not fucking happen, period. But also, the other thing I read was the guy, the first guy that gets killed by Tommy Lee Jones was actually in the Navy and that's the guy that was supposed to help them with this shit. The first oh, guy that dies. Okay. Well, they shouldn't have killed him so yeah. early. I know, right? If he would have been left alive, he could have had more technical advisors. As an advisor. Now he's dead. All right. So my turn? Yeah. Low-hanging fruit. He was in PCU, Starship Troopers, and the Stoned Age. It's Jake BC. Oh, that's as low as it gets. It's as low as it gets, but look at him. He's at just the right age. I know. I know. He's at just the right age. All right. So, final thoughts on Under Siege. Uh, it was better than I thought it was going to be. It was still pretty shitty, though. Don't undersee it. Chelsea, any thoughts? Can you enlighten us on your feelings on this movie? Um, I didn't watch this movie. I've read about some of the factual errors, and mm-hmm. there's some big ones. Like, I guess at the end his like good conduct thing mm-hmm. it's a thing on your sleeve is still gold which if you fucking struck a superior officer and your only jobs are chef or yeoman that shit would be red hmm. wrong color that's a big yeah. no-no but also again those jobs are not punishment they're good jobs it just wouldn't fucking happen all right well that's gonna bring us to intermission and not before we say Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some authentic Japanese cuisine. Credibility. Oh, that's Russian good. stacking dolls. Oh. <laughs> and for those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the Chop Shop Morning Zoo on WCCS. 85.5 FM, The Shop, with Travisito, The Brew Boss. And me, Chelsea, The Regulator, where we'll be breaking down the recast of your precious childhood movies. All, all morning, morning long! <laughs> and if you can't listen on your toilet or in your car, just search for Cinema Chop Shop on podbean.com. Well, hello there, all you naughty chop shoppers. So, you like to listen? Oh, you're bad. Wouldn't you also love to see all of our hot pictures and posts on our very own social media? Just search for Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram if you think you can handle it. Do you need a used movie? Good credit, bad credit, no credit, no problem! Come on down to Wacky Trav's Cinema Chop Shop Blowout Sale. He's He's out out of of his mind. mind. Where we can guarantee you, you'll go home happy. Social security number, criminal background check, and blood sample required. Side effects may include euphoria, hallucinations, and delusions of grandeur. 
So please remember to watch Chop Retrofit. And we're back, Chop Shoppers. Thank you for bearing with us during intermission. We decided to water the garden. And when we come back, Sean, what do we like to do? We'd like to do beer check-ins. And what, in that voice. <laughs> what do you have for us, sir? Uh, this is a new one. It's uh, from Incendiary Brewing in mm-hmm. Winston-Salem. It's called Court Shoes Only. I imagine at, in all of his like military and martial arts and law enforcement experience that Steven Siegel has probably experienced some incendiary devices. Chelsea has something to tell us about this beer. All right. This is... A special edition from this brewery mm-hmm. for this month, which is Autism Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. So, wait, this month is? Yeah. So, Happy Autism Awareness Month. Um. So they part. They have something, I guess, or partnered with this organization called Acing Autism. It's a volunteer-driven nonprofit organization with more than. 100 program locations nationally and growing. Its mission is for children with autism to grow, develop, and benefit from social connections and fitness through affordable tennis programming. Cheers to all the brewers and beer enthusiasts for their support of Court Shoes Only. That is awesome. So there's a QR code on here that takes you to their website. Okay, so did some of the proceeds from the beer go to that? And then people can scan the QR code and then they can learn more. Yeah. Uh, That is absolutely awesome. And it's called Court Shoes Only India Pale Ale. I'm going to try a little bit of it. And while we enjoy that, we are going to get into the 2022 movie marathon. And as of this recording, it is the 98th day of the year. I am on the day with 98. I'm on 117. 117. And Chelsea, whereabouts are you? Oh, shit. I've had a rough week. I'm only at 106. I haven't made much progress. All right. That's fair. Um, Sean, do you want to go first with yours? Yeah, I'm going to go real quick on one. This is a Steven Seagal movie. From uh, 2006 called Shadow Man. Shadow Man. It's co-written by Steven Seagal and it shows. I dare you to play a drinking game with this movie every time someone says his character's name, Jack. Shadow Man? Jack. There's a scene where they're walking through dark hallways and they go, Jack. 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 And then in the following scene, these guys are going back and forth. Have you seen Jack? I don't know where Jack is. We've lost track of Jack. It also gets problematic because they're at a bar and somebody wants a Jack and Coke. (laughs) I mean, another guy wants to go jerk off in the bathroom. No, seriously, Stevie, you need to learn about this thing called pronouns. Right on. Uh, Anything else about that? No, it sucked. (laughs) All right. Well, my first check in is going to be a movie that I liked a lot. It's called Pirates from 2021. Uh, It's about three lads who are best friends and have just turned 18 who attempt to make their way across London or bust on New Year's Eve 1999. Uh, It's a coming of age slash romp movie and it was quite good. Cool. Um, Real quick check in because you talked about it last week, the Hyperions. Yes. I watched it. I liked it. I really loved... I did see your review. I really loved uh, the retro elements about mm-hmm. it. The opening credits were done in a true 1960s style where almost all of the credits ran at the front. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the props, the very clunky looking yes. badge prop thing that was really cool. My only complaint about the movie is that the pacing was really strange. It felt like they were stretching out the shots just to get it to 90 minutes. And Which is fair. I think that you're probably right about that. That's my only gripe about it. I thought Carrie Elwes was hilarious and oh, yeah. weird. The way he walked? Yeah, just real <laughs> strange. But anyway, that's enough about that. There's movie. also some like shit to unpack about the fact that he calls all of these superhero children his family. Yeah. And he's like their dad. Kind of cult leadery. And he basically kidnapped them. <laughs> uh, my next one is going to be... Madeline's the Madeline's uh it's number 97 for me this is a low budget but high concept sci-fi time travel movie in which this husband and wife team of 
tech entrepreneurs are being backed for this time machine project by the jump to conclusions Matt guy from Office Space and they succeed. They invent time travel, but there's a glitch in their code and it creates a loop where every day another duplicate of the wife, Madeline, comes back to their timeline. Oh shit. And they have to murder her every day. <laughs> and they figured out the math and it's going to be 3,000 of them. They have to do it for like nine years or something like that. Oh, my God. Um, and it gets it gets pretty heavy, but also very funny, darkly comedic time travel sci-fi movie I recommend. Nice. Um, my big check-in for the week is uh, Tony Hawk Until the Wheels Fall Off. Yes. This is the documentary. The Gretzky of skateboarding. This is the documentary on HBO Max, and... It was elixir for the soul. For, from about 1985 to 1988, skateboarding was my life. And then I got my driver's license and everything mm -hmm. changed. But before that, you couldn't get me off a skateboard. Yeah. I probably skated about five. You also can't get a girl on a skateboard. No. With you. No. Um, but seriously, I probably skated five to ten miles a day. And I was chatting with a friend online about this after watching the thing because they were like, yeah, we had the best exercise and we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have, yeah. you know, we, we were always outside, but uh, it was so cool just to see all of these names that I know by heart, all of his contemporaries that he was competing against all of the videos and all the magazines and stuff that were around at the time. It was like a walk down memory lane. Then it gets into what happened after the skating boom of the late eighties mm -hmm. and how did Tony Hawk survive and remain viable. And there was a time where Tony Hawk was not making any money. And he was living hand to mouth. And then the video game thing happened. Then, uh. the, then the X Games thing happened. And the guy is immortal. I mean, yeah. it really gave me great insight into his drive and determination. He's singularly focused. As, as, Do you not make like a mental equation with him and Gretzky? Um, I would make a mental equation with him and any great athlete where they say he's completely and totally in the moment. And it's all about him and his performance. He doesn't care about anything else around him. And once he achieves that goal, it's like he wipes the slate clean. It's not a victory. It's not a celebration. It's I did it. Now I'm going to move on to the next thing. The other thing with him, though, and this is not to like knock the athleticism, but it's kind of like the stars aligned in terms of when mm. he was coming up and when shit took off. Right. That's sort no, of that's the true. Cinderella story that's very about true because him. he was he was underage uh, when when the skating boom hit in San Diego. Um, he was like thirteen and he was way too small to be competing against yeah. grown men, but he was. And so when by the time he rose to prominence, he hit his stride as a full grown, like 18 year old. And, so I have uh, good news for you. Yeah. Uh, in the not so distant future, there will be no cars or cell phones. So we'll be back to skateboards and word of mouth. Sweet. And also when I was younger, I skateboarded a lot. Did nice. you? Oh yeah. Like from, oh God. Did you wear a helmet? No. Is that what happened? Uh, yeah. Uh, I was really young. We're talking like I had I got my first one when I was three. Your first I, concussion? Your first skateboard when you were three years old? Yeah. Was it one of those one foot ones? Yeah. Okay. Um, And I skateboarded up until the time I was eight, but I would refuse to wear anything but dresses. I was a prissy yeah. little girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd be on the skateboard all the time. It was green and black, and I can still see the diamond design on it. Could you ollie? No, I couldn't do shit, but like stay on it, and that was good enough for me. Rail slide? No. Where are we, Sean? We got another beer check-in over Yeah, we got another beer. This is another one from Incendiary. This one's called Pink Boots. It's really fucking good. It's a hazy IPA with Idaho Gem uh, HBC 630. Talus, Triumph, and Laurel Hops. Hops that I haven't tried before. Um, <clears throat> apparently, the Pink Boots Society is some sort of nonprofit that I don't know anything about. I don't either. Dana! Uh, I will say something about Idaho, though. Idaho has just passed a Texas-style abortion ban bill. 
and the facilities in Oregon are gearing up for an influx of cross or interstate patients. And that's that's not a small undertaking. You have to put major money into facilities and infrastructure to, like I said, facilitate that sort of influx. Not to knock that, but I wish I had something fucking clever to say as you talked about this serious thing. About what? She's making a joke about how you're always a smartass to when she's talking oh, about something serious. Okay. <laughs> There's an Idaho joke in there, and I'm there, not going to say it. It's in the name yeah. of the state. We all know it. I'm not going to. Low-hanging no, fruit. No, no, better. No, no be, be better. No slut-shaming, sex-shaming whatsoever here. Yes. All right. So, with that, we get into the recast continued. Part two. The sequel. I'm doing it again. Oh, God. Dark Territory. And we're talking about 2002's Exit Wounds. Exit Wounds, directed by Andre Bartowski. Nope. Andre Bartowski, uh, who also directed Romeo Must Die. Do you remember Romeo Must Die? Oh, it's that Jet Li, right? Yes. And Cradle to the Grave. I remember that. With Fiddy. Yeah. And it's got a 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. About right. It's a it's accurate. And so quick uh quick description. Steven Seagal stars as Maverick Detroit police detective Oren Boyd. What a name. Whose take no prisoners approach to domestic terrorism gets him booted downtown to the city's toughest precinct. Multi-platinum hip-hop star DMX, rest in peace, R.I.P. DMX, uh, stars as the powerful and mysterious crime lord Latrell Walker, whose dicey connections and seemingly unlimited cash make him everyone's target. Together, the two men take on a conspiracy that reaches all the way through the ranks to the heart of the precinct. Any thoughts? Okay, this cast is pretty incredible. Um, this was DMX's movie, and if you mm-hmm. listen to the dot, they talk about how Steven Seagal kind of postured to get mm-hmm. himself positioned as the top billing. But it also has Isaiah Washington, who is from uh, Grey's Anatomy. Um, Anthony Anderson, who yes. is going to be in our recast, the, the comic relief. Michael J. White, a.k.a. Spawn. That's true. Uh, Bill Duke from Predator. Oh, you mentioned a Arnold line. Oh yeah, right? yeah. There's a scene where he like he like Bruce McGill, who's also in the movie, gets set on fire, and Bill Duke gives an Arnold Schwarzenegger line. He goes, "You're fired. You're fired." Uh, it also has uh, Jill Hennessy, who will be in our recast. Mm-hmm. Tom Arnold's in it. Heiress to the Hennessy yes. fortune. Tom Arnold's in it as a uh, morning community access cable shock jock. Mm-hmm. He's in mourning of his career after he left Roseanne. Uh, Bruce McGill, who I just mentioned, and Eva Mendez. Eva Mendez. So, uh, yeah, big cast in this. Chelsea has something to say. I forgot. It's okay. You raised your hand for a full minute and a half. I know, and then it left me. It left you. Uh, all right, so the roles that we're going to recast. First, we've got Oren Boyd, played by Steven Seagal. Uh, we've got Latrell Walker, played by DMX. We've got TK Johnson, played by Anthony Anderson. And then Annette Mulcahy, played by Jill Hennessy. And Chelsea, do you have any recasts? No, fuck no. Uh, I didn't uh, watch any of these. All right. Uh, over to you, Sean. Who is your recast for Chris Boyd? Excuse me. Oren Boyd. All right. So my pick does not have an IMDb listing, hmm. uh, but I'm pretty sure it's been in lots of cameos and lots of films, uh, but definitely has been in almost every Steven Seagal movie. I'm going to be recasting Oren Boyd with Just for Men. Oh, the deodorant? No, the the hair color for men. Oh, okay. Jet black. Real black is what the color is in my photo here. Nice. Yes. 
So Just for Men is the hair dye that he obviously was wearing in 2002. If you look in my reviews, I've tagged Just for Men in every single one. That is bad. I want that sponsorship money. Hell yeah. All right. Well, my Orin Boyd, um, speaking of Bukaki, I went skeet, skeet, skeet Ulrich all over on this. I went with Skeet Ulrich. Okay. He was in Scream, The Craft, and Jericho. Did you guys ever watch Jericho? I remember Short-lived it, but I did not TV watch it. TV series. No. There's, that's what uh, Skeet Ulrich looks like now, just for you listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, DMX. Oh Rest in peace to DMX. Playing Latrell Walker. Who do you got, Sean? Um, I went with an actor who is uh, listed as an actor and rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, uh, excuse me. I don't have any ages, so. Well, uh, DMX was 31. My actor is 30. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been in films such as Selma, mm-hmm. uh, Short Term 12, uh, Night, Knives Out, and sorry to bother you. I'm with Lakeith Stanfield. Oh, Lakeith Stanfield is the shit, dude. All right. So my rapper slash actor was in ATL, American Gangster, and Get Hard. His name is T.I. T.I. is gotcha. down for this paycheck. Next up, we've got the role of T.K. Johnson, played by Anthony Anderson. Anthony Anderson was... At more of his heavy set yeah. state in this movie, he has lost a lot of weight I, since I then. I would say that Anthony Anderson has gone on to enjoy a better career than almost everybody in this film. Well, I mean, DMX is dead. Well, yeah. That, Steven Seagal is dead to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, seriously, I mean, you've got uh, SVU, uh, Blackish, Grownish. I mean, the guy's yeah. been in tons of. No, things. he's he is uh, definitely living his best life. Okay. And so, who was your recast for this role, sir? Um, I aged him up. I'm with a 40-year-old actor who has uh, shared time with Lakeith Stanfield on the TV show Atlanta. Yes. Um, he was in Hotel Artemis. He was in Widows, um, If Beale Street Could Talk. And he was in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. Godzilla vs. Kong. I went with Brian Tyree Henry. Very good. All right. So, I, that's what I was going to say is, have you guys watched the new season of Atlanta? I have not. I've seen it hyped and it looks really interesting. I've seen the first two episodes and the first two are very different. The first one especially is very different. Um, and then I believe there's three or four of them out now. I need to watch more of them. Good pick. All right. Well, my pick for the T.K. Uh, Johnson role, he was on the television show Comedy Bang Bang, the television show High Maintenance, and one of my favorite recent shows, Bust Down. His name is Langston Kerman. Oh. Langston Kerman is one of the stars of the Peacock show, bust down and he's good we got one more right yep jill hennessy and for the listeners what is her role in the film um she is his superior in their precinct uh he gets kind of knocked down to this precinct in detroit uh doing the street beat with isaiah washington because he punched his superior officer and they were like street precinct or chef (laughs) so yeah she's his superior but she's not all bad she's all right who you got for this dude well let's see uh jill hennessy was uh 33 i went with a 33 year old and this is total face value Mm -hmm. Uh, she was in triple x return of xander cage return of xander cage that's where um that's where vince Vin Diesel. Vin. Vin Diesel came back. She was in uh, The Final Girls. She was in Let's Be Cops and The Perks of Being a Wallflower with Nina Dobrev. Nina Dobrev is good for this, dude. She looks just like her. Yeah, she's on point for this. Uh, my actress is somebody that I swear I've never chopped before. Oh, God. She's in Son of a Gun, The Danish Girl, and Tulip Fever 
Alicia Vikander. Nice. <laughs> I swear, I've never even recast her. I thought as... you were being sarcastic, and it was going to be somebody you pick a lot. No, I've definitely no, Riley Kehoe. Her. Yeah, <laughs> Riley Kehoe. <laughs> I do love her. All right. So, final thoughts on Exit Wounds. You know, as as low rated as it is, it's still a fun watch i think the best part of the movie is the the dmx song that samples ain't no sunshine no i seriously i I think anthony anderson really brings uh, levity to the movie and i think he's he's probably one of the funnier parts and rest in peace dmx but it but there were some stupid things in this film uh the one i texted you about dmx and anthony anderson go into a, a deluxe car dealership and uh this black buying guy. a Lamborghini. He, he, he buys a Lambo with cash and just drives away. I'm like, you don't have to do any paperwork. Apparently, you don't do any paperwork in Detroit. You just drive away with no proof of ownership. Well, it is the Motor City. <laughs> so I do have a final bonus segment. Okay, a special bonus segment. It's going to be a battle royale between, in their prime, Steven Seagal, George Siegel. And Jonathan Livingston Siegel. <laughs> Come on now. Oh, man. Chelsea, have you read Jonathan Livingston Siegel? No, it has a bird on it. No, you really need to read it. It's existential. It's amazing. I don't feel like I can answer this. I'm going to go with George Siegel. Because um, well, he was in Just Shoot Me, and mm-hmm. that was a good good sitcom, and uh, he was a good actor. And Steven Seagal's not, not at all. All right, I and I don't it. believe that Steven Seagal is an Aikido master. Sorry, Chelsea, I didn't mean to jump on you. <clears throat> I'm gonna go with the band Flock of Seagulls. Flock of Seagulls, <laughs> an outlier, an yes. interloper. Yeah. But it's going for the win with they, their hair alone. Well, they took the path of peace. They didn't engage in combat. They ran so far away. Yes. Yeah. And I ran, ran so far away. All right. So with that, we're going to wrap things up, you guys. But do you know what next week's episode is, Sean? DJ Movies. DJ Movies. And this was one of your suggestions. Yeah. I think it's a great one. And I do have a trivia question. Are you ready for it? Yes. Yep. All right. So in the 1992 film Airheads, who plays the role of Ian the Shark? A laid-back DJ at KPPX. Oh, f- I, I I've not seen this movie all the way through. You've never seen Airheads? No, no but I, I mean I I know some of the people in it's it. It's actually on a loop at my house right now. I know some of the people in it, mm-hmm. and I can't remember who's in the band and who's in the booth. Uh, who's like the DJ? Hmm. Is, is it Steve Buscemi? No. Okay. He's in the He's band. in the band. Yes. Okay. And obviously Brendan Fraser's in the mm-hmm. band. And Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. So I don't, Harry Shearer. That's a good guess. Shit. Okay. Chelsea? I have no fucking Throw idea. Throw something out. I, I literally have no idea. Joe Mantegna. Okay. Joe Mantegna okay. is in The Shark on KPPX. All right, we should go ahead and, uh, you know, ask our guest, <laughs> our regulator, if she has anything to plug. No. <laughs> Sean, any plugs for you? Yeah, I have two plugs. Yes. Uh, today is the t- the day of this recording, that is, is the third anniversary of the Criterion Channel. Oh, it's only been three years. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But uh, they've been celebrating today by offering all kinds of contests and stuff on Twitter. So um, hopefully I won something. I don't did, know. You probably did, dude. You're a winner. I am a winner. And I would also like to uh, give a shout out to Just For Men Hair Color. Lush, <laughs> luxurious, natural looking hair color for men. It stays in for at least six days. I'm wearing it now. You're my, not just a member, you're also the president. I'm with my beautiful black locks 
I'm channeling Steven Seagal. <laughs> All right. So please remember to uh, rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and all of your podcatcher apps. We are hosted online on podbean.com. We're Cinema Chop Shop on there. We are at Cinema Chop Shop on Twitter. We are Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook, at Cinema Chop Shop on Instagram. We are Cinema Chop Shop at gmail.com. If you feel the need to email this podcast, that's the address you should use. Also, we are cinema chop shop on untapped it's kind of like a social network for beer and it's spelled u-n-t-a-p-p-d and uh chelsea's checking in all these amazing beers on there and then we are also cinema chop shop podcast on youtube youtube.com finally farewell thank you the listeners Fuck Putin, free Ukraine, and please remember to watch Chop Retrofit. And bow to your sensei. Ew.